This is the Hofstra Radio Alumni Audio Yearbook, Volume 2, and today is October 30th, 2023. Please tell us your name and the years you were at Hofstra Radio. So my name is Dennis Foley, and I was at uh, Hofstra Radio, uh, if we include the training class, uh, fall 2009 through fall 2012. Well, welcome back. Thank you for doing this again. Uh, I'm excited to hear the rest of your stories. Before we get into that, um, can you remind us of the positions or titles that you held uh, at WRHU? Yeah. So uh, in my early years there, I was an assistant news director, and then I was the associate morning show producer, uh, mid-year switch. Uh, And then my uh, spring semester of sophomore year, I became the news director. Okay. Um, so let's talk about getting into the news department as assistant news director. Um, if you could tell us sort of how you got into that job and what it entailed at that time. Yeah, it's funny because uh, I was kind of, you know, in preparation for chatting with you today, I was trying to think back on, you know, the, the news director end of things. I don't remember a ton of it. All I remember with uh, specifically the assistant news director was that they had the vacancy and I was more or less, I think, appointed to it. It was, it was one of those, like I was just fresh out of the training class. Um, it must've been, you know, tr- wrap that up like that December. I think by March I was the assistant news director and I think it was, I'm not sure why or how, I don't remember why or how, but I ended up in that role. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes someone leaves or decides that they don't want to do it anymore. And Here's someone who seems to be eager and know what they're doing, and let's try you out in that position. Does that sound about right? Yeah, probably. Um, and you know, for me, it was a good experience. Uh, just something I did not expect. Again, I went into WRHU not planning to be on the air. You know, I, I've had a background, not necessarily in news, but like news areas. You know, my goal going to RHU was to do marketing. That was that was my original plan. So. As a freshman to be the assistant news director, I'm like, this is a little bit of a different path, but okay. So was it was it uh, sort of a good surprise? Like, hey, they think well of me, or is this like going to distract me from the thing that I want to do? No, it was a it was a good thing. It was more, um, and as as my life and career has gone, it was kind of more just putting me into a box that I hadn't planned to be in and just rolling with it. So what were your responsibilities day to day or week to week as, as far as assistant news director, or was it just sort of being part of the team? It was more being part of the team. Um, and for me, I, I was learning a bit of, I was still learning how to do some of the things that, you know, how we write certain things, how we stack certain newscasts. Um, a lot of it was, I think I handled more of the morning show stuff. So I think I did more like morning show news, um, I'm not sure. I don't think I really did any assigning. Um, mm-hmm. It was just kind of more being an extra set of hands on the leadership side of things. Who was the news director at the time? That was Veronica Kennedy. And the other assistant news director was Matt Napolitano. Okay. So so you and Matt were kind of sharing some of the support duties and just generally being helpful on the nightly newscast? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I don't even think I had... I don't think I had anchored a newscast yet by then. Um, I was still pretty early on in, in all of that. 
Was was the show? How long was the show at the point? Was it half an hour by that point? And yeah. did it go on at like six o'clock? Does that sound right? Uh, I think it was. Um, what was it? It was it was a half hour. I feel like it was five thirty or like maybe even five. Hmm. Uh, uh, I'm trying to but yeah, it was it was like evening time, but it was a half hour. Okay, and and so on any given day, you probably have I don't know half a dozen different people doing packages and reporting and anchoring it was it a rotating cast or was it pretty much the same people all the time yeah it was a rotation so uh each person had their day from an anchoring side you know two people anchoring and so usually one person had one slot so i think we generally had 10 people in that rotation anchoring and we had uh the board op the quote unquote engineer Mm -hmm. uh traffic weather then whoever we assigned to some featurey or or um you entertainment things like that uh so yeah in total like each day we would have just on like physically in the studio for the newscast probably six seven maybe eight people Mm. and that's not even including the people who pre-recorded stuff right so as someone who's relatively new at the station, you mentioned just getting through uh, the training class and then jumping into this, it must have seemed like a, a well-oiled machine. Yeah, and they were they were doing very well at that time. Um, I don't remember if we had really, I think we had won some awards. This was pre-Marconi days. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like we were on the cusp of you know really doing some big things. Um, but yeah, it was a pretty well-oiled machine with Bruce and, and Ed being the main, uh, purveyors of, of the, uh, news department, especially with Newsline. Um, you know, everything was pretty well-oiled. Hmm. Was Ed involved every day with the broadcast or was it more of a drop-in kind of thing? Uh, it was very regular. I'm not sure it would be every day. Um, probably on an average week, three or four days a week. Um, I think... Early on, Bruce handled more of it, but in my time there, it felt like Ed was doing more of, mm-hmm. of the drop-in stuff. I think Bruce was handling some other stuff. Um, so usually when we did our pre-reads before the newscast, when I started, it was usually with Bruce. Toward the later part of my time, there was more with Ed, but sometimes Bruce would do it with us. Okay. Interesting. I, I guess it, I, I don't usually ask it this way, but um, what are the differences in, in working with these two different guys, because they're both veteran broadcasters and excellent yeah. educators, but different different styles and different ideas of, of how to get that information across. Yeah, um, I would say I felt Bruce was more particular, um, but it's not that Ed wasn't. Like They were just particular in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I felt like Bruce was a little more nitty gritty with you know some of the way things were handled. And I think Ed was more, um, I felt like he was more oriented toward the writing, uh, like how things were written. Um, and again, they, they had very distinct styles, uh, of handling, you know, those, those moments. Um, yeah, so they're, they were different. Yeah. Yeah. To be sure. Thank you for, for sharing that. Uh, because obviously like, uh, like we're both saying that, both are excellent educators and have high standards, but they, they do things in a different way. Um, yeah. So uh, you said the next move was towards the morning show. Was that something mm-hmm. that you had in mind or were you, did someone sort of nudge you in that direction? No, I, uh, they, uh, one of these, uh, it was the beginning of some weird times. 
they took away the assistant news director gig from me because of my class schedule and gave me the assistant morning show producer because of my class schedule, which I thought was bizarre. Um, that didn't does sound bizarre. Yeah, yeah. What, what happened there? Do you remember? Well, I basically, I think I had classes during Newsline. And oh. so, which I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't mean I can't do this. So I don't know what they, I don't know who they put in the spot after. Um, but yeah, it, it wasn't my choice. I, it was just because of my class schedule and not even like me saying I can't do it because of my class schedule. It was them saying it based off my class schedule because I couldn't be on Newsline. Got it. So would this have been in the, the fall of your sophomore year? Yeah. Or did, yeah okay. Yeah. So um, yeah, basically the spring was spring and I think summer. I was the assistant news director that fall. I was the assistant associate morning show producer. Okay. So, so they still wanted you involved in doing the news It's just, we're going to find a different spot for you. And the way you, you gave that title, it sounds like they may have made that up just to, to give you a job there or was that no, a regular no. thing? That, that was an actual position. Um, okay. And I'm not sure. I don't remember what the situation was with the morning show. Cause I think they were missing a producer. Um, but to me, it was odd because I'm like, I can still, why can't I just be the assistant news director handling morning news? <laughs> like, because we had newscasts during um, uh, the morning show. So right. I'm like, that, that doesn't make a ton of sense to me, but I'm not going to sit here and fight as a sophomore, freshman, okay. sophomore. Right. So you do that for the rest of your, the calendar year until yeah. December. And then there were the, the new positions come up. Is that? Yes. Okay. Um, were you doing the morning show every day? Because I know some people only did certain days or one day a week. Was it every day for you? No. So for us, we, it was the same thing with Newsline where like one, you had one day of the week. Now, sometimes people did two days a week. Um, but I think generally there was a stretch where I did do two mornings a week. Um, it may have been the summer, but okay. I, don't, I think through that stretch, I was doing one morning. Do you remember any of the people you worked with on the morning show? Oh, it was a whole, I don't remember all the host pairings. Um, I know early on I was with um, Christian Perez, uh, Courtney Hahn. Um, then later on, I think I was paired with Christian Heimel and John Lauder. Uh, early, early on, I was like, I did think traffic or weather with John Santucci and someone else that was like early, like my first time on the air. Um, then later on, I basically did the morning show pretty much most of my time there. Um, but it, it, I'm trying to think of everyone else I was on with. And sometimes I'd do fill-ins or other people have to fill in for other co-hosts. So I'd be on with, um, like Matt Ryan, Kristen Maldonado. Um, yeah, I, I that's <laughs> basically like everyone. <laughs> That that that's a pretty good rundown of names. I was hoping to get yeah. maybe two or three. So I'm, I'm I I appreciate that. That's that's pretty good recall. Um, yeah. So you get to that that uh, to the end of the calendar year, and then you get appointed as news director. Can you talk yes. about getting hired for that? Yeah, and I, funny enough, I don't remember any of that process <laughs> for whatever reason. It's a blank spot in my memory. But yeah, I was the news director for the calendar year of 2011 which was my um, sophomore spring semester and junior fall semester. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it, it was 
you know, for me, a bit of a learning curve, uh, just, you know, being, I think it was 19, you know, yeah, running yeah. a team of 50 people in an organization with 250 people. Um, so, and I learned a lot during that experience. Um, and it's a lot of things that it may be surprising, but don't really apply outside of an environment like that. I mean, the biggest thing that I, and I knew this when I was there was there as a new, as the news director there, you have no leverage when it comes yeah. to your team because they're not employees, you know, they're, they're all students, they're all volunteers. Um, and so in a way you're, you're basically herding cats. Um, people are there for their own motivations. And for me, my goal was trying to connect those motivations. Like, Hey, I know you want to do more music stuff. I'd like for you to do some entertainment news for us just because it's good to have that news experience. And it's something that you like, uh, then there would be people, you know, particularly people that were more on the TV side of things. You know, there'd be moments where, you know, they would come and say they want to do something and then back out of it. And that was a very regular occurrence. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, you know, you're trying to work around other people's motivations and you're trying to put everything together. And, you know, if people bail out, you're busy working on trying to create backup plans and running down the hall, be like, hey, can you do this? Can you do traffic for me today and move you know, that traffic person to a different role? Um, or if, you know, an anchor bails out, you know, sometimes you have to jump in and do it yourself. That's more common with, you know, actual work stuff, but, um, but the whole herding of cats, that's, it's, it's a very rare occurrence outside of that environment. Right. Right. Uh, I believe one of the phrases I've heard a few times is managerial finesse. Yeah. That, that was one of Bruce's terms for figuring out a way to get people to do stuff that, they might not otherwise be motivated to do. Yeah. And, and for me, a lot of it is, you know, this is an opportunity, you know, and I, that's how I, I saw it for myself too. When you're doing, um, whether it's new sports, even the music stuff, like this is all an opportunity. Now, a lot of people in the station weren't journalism majors. They weren't radio majors and you know, they may be science majors and, and their motivation is, Hey, this is, this is, I'm just doing this for fun, which is great. I love it. Um, but there are other people that, you know, they are journalism majors. Um, their goal is to get a job, you know, working for a broadcast outlet or a newspaper outlet. And for me, you know, it's, it was always about, you know, I, look, I, I can lead a horse to water, but if you're not going to drink it, like I'm not, I'm not here to be your parent. I'm here to run an organization I'm giving you these opportunities and if you take them great and if not I'll find someone else who can do it. You you can hear me nodding my head in severe agreement there, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> You're saying the words and I'm hearing them in 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 my own memory is like, "Yep, that's that's what it's about." Yeah. Yeah. Um because because so, the thing is if they're not going to take it then sure, I'll, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> give me more give me more reps in the batting cage. It'll be great on my demo. Right. So that, that was sort of my, my next question is, were, were there opportunities that you as news director said, well, I'm going to do this for myself or, uh, you know, polish up my, my resume by doing different things because you had that access at sort of the top of the pyramid? Um, not completely. Um, because a, lot of, a lot of it is you get bogged down with everything else. Now, one other piece of context is that year, that summer, I was, I was a commuter student, so mm-hmm. I was generally in the area always, which made being news director easier. 
Um, but that summer I was working orientation uh, because I needed the money and, <laughs> and I needed the housing. Um, and so, you know, it got a little complicated with that because, you know, I, I had a basically full-time job on campus uh, running over, taking care of stuff in the news department while, you know, dealing with orientation stuff. Um, so it made it a challenge to, to do every, you know, not everything that I wanted to, but you know, all the potential opportunities that were out there. Um, even like I, I hosted the morning show uh, during that summer because it just worked better with my schedule. And even that, like I, I, I creatively pared things down. Uh, like one of my favorite segments that I did that summer was um, <laughs> that summer I was hosting with Matt Ryan and Kristen Maldonado. And so uh, because I don't have time to produce everything, I'm just like, okay, Kristen, Matt, you each get five minutes to do whatever you want. I'm going to play a five-minute jazz bed. It's exactly five minutes long. You do whatever you want during those five minutes each. And it, it took up you know, a quarter of the show or however long it took up. Right. Um, so that finding ways to just kind of balance or manage the workload. Um, and then that fall, every year we're doing election coverage. Um, so just even that, managing, I guess, the politics of it versus – what you see is the right way to do things. And again, if I was what, 19 or 20. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, there's a little bit of imposter syndrome, but there's also a little bit of, no, I, I think you know, these people work well together. We should do this. We should do that, et cetera, et cetera. So the, the fall that you were news director, was that, was that 2011 or 2012? Was that a presidential election year? Uh, not a presidential. Uh, it was a local okay. election. So, yeah. So, so not quite as much of an emphasis, but you're still running a team to run election night, I assume. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's, that was probably one of the most chaotic things I've ever had to be part of. Yeah. Um, again, because you're just the size of the staff, you know, different motivations of people. And then with something like that, you're getting input from Bruce, from John, from Ed on how they want to see things. And plus, I had two assistant news directors who also had you know, things that they wanted to do because they're part of the leadership team. And then you have people that either aren't in management or, you know, they may be in other roles of management that also have to fit into the puzzle. Uh, So for that, it was, um, it was (laughs) a big negotiation as to who was doing what. Mm -hmm. Um, Because we based that year, we had four remote locations. Again, it was local elections. So we had, we had, basically a team for each party in each Nassau and Suffolk. So we had uh, Nassau GOP team, Nassau Democrat, Suffolk GOP, Suffolk Democrat team. Um, and then we had our in-studio team. And then I had all the trainees in the news hub uh, just as extra set of hands. Uh, and I, one of my favorite pictures um, that I still have all these years later that I took from that night, I put, I created this whole um, visual chart of where everyone was all color coded who reports to who one of my favorite things i guess one thing i've been notorious for is flow charts mm-hmm. um so i had this whole whiteboard full of names who reports to who where they are um but yeah one of the challenges that election year was figuring out who was going to be on what team and so basically the way 
kind of negotiated everything was I had everyone. So I had me, I, I, put, I put one team together. Each of my assistant news directors put their own teams together and Ed put one team together. And um, I think each of the assistant news directors went out reporting. So they picked who they were going out with. Um, and then Ed had his team and then I had my team. Um, and I wasn't thrilled with most of the pairings. I was, I really liked my pairing. Um, and one of those redemption moments was my team kicked ass that night. So I'm like, okay, I know nice. what I'm doing. <laughs> nice. Were, were you pleased overall with the way election night went? I mean, you were involved in probably no. a few. No? no, no, it was just, I mean, I don't think it was bad necessarily. It was just, it was just too much chaos. Yeah. Um, just, it, it was, it was annoying. It was frustrating. Um, it was just, you know, I hate, I hate too many chefs in the kitchen and that, that even applies today, you yeah. know, just work wise. Um, you know, I, I don't mind having a team, but you know, it needs to be, someone has to be the, the one making the decisions and not four five, six people. Um, right. which, and that's, that's just, and so, and, and to me, it's like, I, I did not have high expectations that night. I was just trying to survive. I survived. So I, I, that's a victory. Um, can you make a distinction between the, the being the, the news director production side of it and the on air sound? Like in terms of like, do like, like, yeah, were you, were you pleased with the overall on air product? If, if you if you didn't like the chaos behind the scenes and you can be frustrated with that, did the, do you feel like the, the team put out a good product that night? I think so. Uh, I mean, there are some areas that you know, they weren't like, they were fine. Like it was, it was, yeah. it was fine. Um, it was just it basically the night went as I expected. Um, so, which again, overall it's fine. It's a call. Like to me, I'm like, this is a, a college program. Like I'm not going to sit here and, and expect us to put on, you know, some MSNBC Fox news level, um, you know, coverage. Uh, it, but it was more just kind of the, that the frustrations of, um, just the balancing of everything. Uh, overall, I think it probably sounded fine. I don't, I don't remember much from that night other than sitting in my <laughs> corner, just kind of playing traffic cop, making sure everything was going on. Um, you know, listening to some stuff, being impressed by some, something. And again, no one did anything bad. It wasn't, you know, um, a bad performance at all. Um, it was just one of those kind of months of planning and seeing it all play out. I'm like, yeah, this is exactly how I expected things to go. Mm-hmm. Understood. Understood. So, so had you made a, a, a jerk, you, you wanted to go into uh, marketing and here you are running an election night. Did you change majors? Or did you change your academic focus? No, I was always a journalism major. Okay. Um, well, so when I first showed up, my intention, I was a little open-minded. Um, I wanted to do something in media, uh, preferably on the production side. Uh, I thought it would be TV uh, instead of turn into radio. So mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, uh, not exactly what, I, and, and totally fine. Uh, worked out for me. But um, yeah, I, it, generally I was always a journalism major. Um, the only, I think I was technically a broadcast journalism major. And when I left, I think I was technically a, just a regular journalism major, if I okay. remember correctly. Um, okay. And then pi sci minor. So after your full year as news director, did you run for another position? What, what did you do next at the station? Yeah. 
so uh yeah i had um interviewed for the program director of talk position um which was the natural progression and the sense that i got was you know from everyone you know the people that were in that role currently or at, at the time uh and from everyone above was it was i was basically next in line didn't turn out that way uh-huh um it was that was probably it, it, not that it's career defining, but my time at Hofstra defining moment. Um, so I, I did the, that that interview. I remember very clearly. I don't remember much about news director, but I remember that very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an interview with Bruce and Matt Napolitano, and um, it to me it was a lesson in not in interviewing but just more reading people uh-huh. um yeah matt and i are good buddies we still are um he was just kind of there as you know another um you know he was inter- being a student interviewer bruce the body language was just so disinterested um and you know like for me i i try to kind of read off the energy in the room um and it was one of the most bizarre interviews I've, and again, I've, I've been working professionally in radio now for about a decade. It's still one of the most bizarre interviews I've ever had. One of the most bizarre, I mean, p- past couple of years, there, there have been some, some bizarre moments that have, you know, transpired lately to rival it, but it's still the most bizarre experience that I have ever had in a professional or quasi-professional environment. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I interviewed for it. I wasn't thrilled with how it went just from a, it just didn't feel right. Um, and then I found out later that I did not get the position, which shocked everyone. Um, and I was told it was because it wasn't because of me it was because basically it was a whole shuffling. So some other position, they were surprised by a candidate. They, apparently they brought something to the interview that like, like their experience that they weren't aware of. And so they wanted that person in that role and bumped the person they were planning to put in that role into the position that I had interviewed for. Um, so I was the odd man out. Uh, and based on the conversations after, because again, you know, I didn't get it. So they want me somewhere else. Um, so after that, they were like, we want you to be the news director again. And I basically said no. Um, and I think their plan was they figured it probably would have been okay because they, I think they assumed I would say yes to being news director again, which I did not want, um, for a lot of reasons. Uh, the first reason was I'm paying for college. Why in the world would I want to do the same experience twice? Um, you know, like I'm here to learn. I'm here right. to learn how to be a news director. My, you know, as, as I spent time th- at RHU and starting to kind of figure out what I want to do career wise, I knew I wanted to get into management and ideally programming. So why would I spend another year? Basically the only year I had for an upper level management position to do the same thing I had just done. The other thing was I needed the money. Um, news director didn't pay. Program, program director did. 
Mm -hmm. And I was spending a lot of hours at the radio station working jobs. Like I worked orientation that year. Um, and I, I needed money. I, I could not afford to keep going to school. Um, it, like not, not just tuition, like gas and car to get to school. Right. Um, and you know, at that point, like before that period, yeah, I'd done some retail jobs and in between worked on campus. Orientation was a, a big place for me. Um, orientation and student activities and all that. Um, and I, um, you know, I, I needed the money. Like, and, and a lot of people don't realize that, um, one of the reasons why I had to do the orientation job was I didn't have anywhere to live. Um, I had, when I started college, I had a, my plan was to stay with my dad in Babylon that fell through after two years because of agreements that I had not known about beforehand. Hmm. And so I had nowhere to live for basically the second half of my college career. So that orientation job gave me a summer to figure things out. I ended up going to Brentwood where my great grandmother lived. Um, and I was there, I can't remember if it was for one semester. So the rest of my time as news director, or was that plus the first semester of the following year? Um, and then I had to move out because while I was there, <laughs> being the good great grandson, I noticed that the house was full of rats. And basically it caused my mom uh, and, and that part of the family to be like, you know, we need to, she, my great grandmother can't take care of the house. We, she needs to be close to family. The rest of my family, that part of the family was out of, out of Long Island. Um, so I had to figure out what I was going to do and ended up having to go back to my dad. My dad was in a studio apartment at the time. And I basically spent the rest of my college career basically sleeping on the floor of a studio apartment in Babylon uh, until work got, you know, kind of saved me in a way. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah, it was, it was a, I don't think people understand how big of a deal it was that I did not get that program director job. Um, and what I ended up doing was I took a leave of absence from the radio station. I was so pissed. Um, and I actually started, and I think I had been applying to some jobs before then, or if I, no, I, I may have started just then. Um, and I ended up getting a job because to me, I'm like, at this point I need to, I need to marry the radio and work, um, in order to make all this work because I can't be working retail, spending time at a college radio station and expect to continue to advance. So I got a job that February, um, at New Hampshire Public Radio, my first professional job, working weekends. Uh, did that for a few months until I realized I was losing money <laughs> doing, yeah. doing the job. So um, that didn't pan out. Um, but while that was going on, I think maybe that March or April, uh, John Mullen had reached out to me being like, hey, um, I, know, I, I heard about an opportunity at ABC in New York um, that they're looking for a desk assistant or a news assistant, as they called it. Um, and said, you know, I should apply for it. And, uh, basically the contact there was Brianna Gaze and, um, luckily had a good relationship with her and, uh, got in contact with her and she was super supportive with getting me over there. And, um, and basically I spent the rest of the year working at ABC. Um, so I'd go there. I, I, I started in May of that year and, um, I would go there I, that summer. I basically worked 40 hours a week at ABC 
And then that following fall semester, so fall 2012, um, <laughs> trying to make ends meet, I was working 24 hours a week generally at ABC. I added a weekend on air shift at WRAV in Riverhead. I was doing a paid scholarship, uh, paid us uh, internship at Cox, so BLI and BAB. I was going to school full time and kind of that that year it was kind of a, a, a freelance probably a better way to put it freelance role with RHU because mm-hmm. um, I think I, I, I if I remember things correctly I think I took that leave of absence for the spring semester summer I think I was doing the morning show a bit and I remember one time I was working ABC overnight with the plan of going to the campus to do the morning show and my car got towed. So oh, <laughs> didn't, didn't get to the station until about one or two in the afternoon. I'm like, I'm here. I can do the show. Now. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, but, uh, and then that fall, um, I went to cover the democratic national convention in Charlotte that year for the station. For WRHU. Um, yeah. Wow. Uh, which, and it was ironic because people from ABC were also there, but they expected me to be back at work the day after the convention. <laughs> so I'm like, thanks guys. So yeah, speeding ticket and everything. Yeah. Um, get, get, get me back, get everyone that I went to Charlotte with back to where they needed to go. New Jersey, somewhere in Brooklyn. Uh, yeah, it was just, like, I, I was, I was like several hours late to work. I'm like, it's a 12 hour drive. Missed it by a little bit. That's Uh-oh. broadcasting for you. Um, yeah. You know, when, when you were talking earlier about when you were news director and your charts for all the different groups that were working in, and the, the phrase that came to mind is, well, you have to keep track of all the chainsaws that you're juggling all at mm-hmm. once. And, and that sort of went by as you were talking the story. But then as you're talking about all these things that you're doing while you're trying to finish your degree, you're working, you're trying to pay rent, you're trying to pay your bills, you're doing all these different positions, you're literally juggling all these chainsaws all at once. And I imagine you're not getting a lot of sleep and you know maybe your, your, your studies are suffering a little bit. It must have been yeah. a real tough time. Yeah. I mean, that fall semester was a disaster of a semester because um, mm-hmm. I, I literally had, I mean, I was working ABC overnight. And I would probably get home from that seven to six or seven in the morning and try to sleep for a few hours to get to BAB and BLI for that, be there for a few hours and then get to school for classes. I think that afternoon and it was like, it would just repeat the cycle where I think basically it was internship in the morning, work in the afternoon and then uh, no uh, uh, college in the afternoon and then uh, work overnight. Um, and you know, the other thing, you know, with, with all the issues was I couldn't do any summer internships. Right. So like there was, there were chances for me to intern at wins. I couldn't do it cause they only did it. It only worked in the summer and I couldn't pay for tuition over the summer. Um, so like for me, my, I work in news, but I never had a news internship. I, all my internships were at BLI and BAB. Right. But you're working for WABC news while you're doing internships, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it was, this was at ABC news radio. Okay. Um, yeah. So uh, network uh, newsroom, which so, again, I, I'm incredibly I don't, uh, blessed or fortunate 
for ABC. Like that, that, um, it was, it, it, it was huge then. And it's still huge in my career now. And that's the gig that John Mullen recommended you yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I, it breaks my heart hearing all this stuff that you have to go through. And I know a lot of people who, uh, during my time, we, you know, we counted on those jobs and they didn't mm-hmm. pay a lot, but it was, it was something. And, yeah. uh, you know, I remember Suzyza finding ways to pay a couple people during my time because, you know, we needed the bodies and we wanted to take care of these people. Um, so that's real frustrating. But I, I couple that with, with the idea that a lot of what we learned at the radio station over many generations is how to make do with what we have. And it yeah. seems like you figured out part of the hustle of making contacts and managing your time and figuring out what you needed to do, even if you were going through a tough time in the moment, it seems like it sort of gave you either some skills or some knowledge or some confidence to go out and achieve the things that you wanted. Yeah. I mean, and, and for me, this even goes beyond college, like even before and afterwards, like at the end, like you have to wake up tomorrow. Like you, you have to, <laughs> there's, and, and, you know, there may be bad times and you have to find your way through them because, you know, bad moments and good moments, you know, start and end. Right. Um, but, you know, you, you always have to, you have to figure it out. And for me, it's like, you, you, there's always, even at work, like I have a million backup plans. Um, we, my now previous job, um, you know, we had like, you know, the, the February freeze that one year, a couple of years ago mm-hmm. and our station was off the air. Um, and for me, it's like, we still have to get stuff done. And it was easy for me to just pull out an all news wheel because I was working on that concept for work. Um, you know, as a backup plan, it's an emergency reserve thing. Um, but yeah, for things like this, it's, it's, and especially in the college situation where it's more like, I'm doing this to get myself in a better position. Um, and, and it's just, you have to survive. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. just, you, you're, you're surviving. Um, and you know, and then it, what bailed me out was a job opportunity. I, so I actually never finished school. Hmm. Um, I got that fall semester, uh, actually while I was in Charlotte, um, connected, you know, I applied for a station for a job, um, and, you know, chatted with them and I had a job offer that October. Uh, so when Hofstra had that debate, uh, I had, I accepted a job offer right before that debate for me to start in December down in Shreveport, Louisiana, um, which to me was, um, really a saving grace in a way, because I, there was no way I could have, I was, I was out of financial aid help at that point. Um, so I don't know. I did had no idea how I was going to finish my senior year. I didn't even, I don't even know what my grades were that fall semester. Um, you know, if I needed to kind of extend things out because I didn't do well. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that job in Shreveport, um, bailed me out. Cause to me, it was also like, I could either pay this amount of money to keep learning, or I can get paid that same amount each year and do the thing that I had been spending money to learn. Right. Um, and even that whole process, you know, when, when that offer came in, you know, I, I talked to John, talked to Bruce, I was taking some TV classes at that point in my journalism uh, time. And uh, so I was talking to some of the TV professors just asking for advice. I mean, I'm a, 
I'm a good old Northern boy, you know, from New York mm-hmm. and New Hampshire and, um, you know, getting a job opportunity in, in Louisiana, little, little foreign. Um, but it was interesting. Even that period was a little bit of a lesson too, where, you know, the TV professors, which I didn't really know that well, they were basically like, no, don't take that job. I mean, one of them even said that if you do take the job, you're going to end up being a used car salesman. Wow. Um, luckily that didn't pan out that way. Um, but, you know, talking to Bruce and John, you know, they were both like, definitely take it. You know, it's a great opportunity. Um, and for me, you know, the lesson was more like, it's always good just to seek out advice, but you have to understand where that advice is coming from. Mm-hmm. So like with the TV professors, they didn't know me that well. Um, and, and clearly, you know, there's, I, again, I appreciate their knowledge on the industry and their, and the situation, but I, they didn't know me. Um, and Bruce and John did know me. And so I, I put more weight into their advice and decided to go and move down to Shreveport, Louisiana. Hmm. I, I usually ask this question at the end uh, of our conversation, but it, it seems we're, we're on it now. And I think I've got a sense of, of what it would be. But what are the lessons or what did you take from your time at Hofstra Radio as an, an undergrad? What did you take into your professional career with you? Yeah. I mean, the biggest, and again, I don't, I have no regrets about my time. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, Because the biggest benefit is, and this is more when it comes to those opportunities. Right. Reps in the batting cage. I mean, I, you know, and especially when it comes to being a reporter, being out there covering stories. Um, there was one story that I was not happy to cover, um, but you know, getting out there to, to cover cover events, getting practice and how to, how to put pieces together, working on your sound, uh, both, you know, the sound that you get, how you incorporate that, but also how you, your voice sounds. Um, that's been a major, um, a major benefit because I, I got a job as a morning show host market one thirty something, but because I had that, experience and practice at RHU, um, you know, on the management side of things, now that I'm in management, um, you know, there are a lot of lessons and again, not everything from RHU really applied outside of it from a management perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, a lot of the lessons I've learned have been post RHU, um, but you know, there, there are some lessons there of, you know, conflicts arise. I mean, like there's one issue that came up, someone that was in both news and sports, they had an issue with like the sports people were keeping them out of the studio uh, and they, and they needed to get something done for Newsline. And I had to step in and basically go to John and, and Bruce and basically be like, this is a problem. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a little bit of sexism going on with that situation. Um, so like, you know, there are those moments where, where you learn from that, but, um, you know, generally it was more, you know, more the experience. And, and the biggest thing that, that matters a lot is, you know, networking, you know, and just not just, you know, how I know someone, but, you know, like the ABC happening, the thing happened because I got along really well with the person that worked there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even today, you know, seeing, people I went to school with and kind of working with them on things. I mean, like per, one person I think of is Big Mac. 
you know, seeing all the great things he's been doing. And I, I'm thrilled. Like, like, I remember when he was, you know, there and, you know, I know he had some challenges, you know, with, with RHU. And, you know, for me, not that he wasn't in my department, like we were like, he was doing music stuff. And, you know, I, I wanted to work with them on, on some projects and, you know, see that all, you know, come through. And, you know, now he's, he's doing great. And, and I'm thrilled. Like, that's, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, I, I take a lot of pride in is just kind of seeing the wins, you know, from, from my classmates. Hmm. Uh, you know, from what I'm hearing, a, a, a few things stand out to me about the things that you, you learned and you brought with you. And that one, like you said, getting the reps, getting the practice. And even though you didn't necessarily want to be on the morning show, you're producing the morning show. And then your first gig, you know, uh, professional <laughs> is working on a morning show. Yeah. Uh, the second thing is sort of that working within a team and, figuring out how to manage egos and facilities and all those things that, that you're, you're aware of not necessarily just what you're doing, but what is going on around you. That seems like an important lesson as well. And then, you know, the, those lessons of organization as well, that mm -hmm. it seems like those have applied too. So, um, yeah, yeah it yeah, didn't all go according to plan, but it sounds like you got an awful lot out of it. Yeah. And you know, a lot of it, like for me, like I know one of my strengths is like connecting dots. Uh -huh. Um, and so like that, that's like when I, like that election night, you know, seeing like, okay, these two people on the surface, you would not think would work well together, but you put them together and they do work together. Um, you know, that's, that's stuff that you, know, you need to try. Now, like one of the frustrations I had as news director was I want to make a tweak to Newsline and I was told no. Uh -huh. Um, I, we had, it, it seems minor, but, um, we, I'm not sure if they still do it. And I guess it's a shorter newscast now, but we had a section for regional news, but they had the regional news be Nassau news and Suffolk news. And I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. Why would we, we're in Nassau County. So, you know, things that would be top stories would be Nassau news. Why can't we change the Nassau news to New York city news? Because that's regional news. You know, like we don't really cover Suffolk that well. I mean, I can barely get anyone to go cover anything in Suffolk County to begin with. Right. So, um, so, um, yeah, and, and, you know, those little things like, and that was a, a frustration was, yes, it's student run, but I didn't feel like I had control on the situation. Not that I needed control, but, you know, it, we're, we're here to try things and we can't try things. Um, that was a frustration of mine because it's, it's bizarre now because, I feel like I have more freedom now in my current job. Well, my last job more so than my current job, but professionally, I've had more freedom to do more fun things professionally than I did in college, which is bizarre to me. Well, well, good for you. I mean, that 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 is a, that is a tough thing, and a lot of conversations I have uh, doing this are, you know, we have this freedom, we have these opportunities, uh, but it sounds like it was pretty. Newsline was pretty strictly structured and yeah. i guess it uh, leads me to the next question is that some people say well what is the station for is it a training ground is it a chance for you to try different things out and see what works for you is it for the station is it for the listener and i guess and i always say well it depends mm -hmm. it depends on who it is and it depends on when it is but yeah. i don't know yeah. if you have an answer for that yeah i mean it's all the above i mean and that's that's 
I think the intentional beauty of the station is that, you know, everyone has their own mission. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, you have the science students where it's like, hey, like they should not be excluded from the radio experience because they're not a journalism major or a, a radio major or a TV major. You know, that's part of the college experience is to try these things and have fun. Uh, it even just the whole concept of fun. Like mm-hmm. that's that's been a mantra of mine everywhere I go, even where I'm at now. I work at an NPR station right now. And and full disclosure, when I walk into our newsroom there and and our setup there, it's like a library. And I'm like, this is not fun. If you're working in radio, it's supposed to be fun because there are plenty of other. I can go and work in any other industry. People in radio can go work in a bunch of other. But we do it because it's fun. And that's what college radio is supposed to be the epitome of. It's supposed to be a place where, um, you know, especially for non, non-journos, non, you know, people that don't have intention to go into broadcasting, it's supposed to be a place to have fun and to explore your creativity. And, you know, for you, maybe learn, you're trying out a different side of you that didn't really exist. Now, for people that are planning to have a career in that field, it's also supposed to be a place for them, too, where you get the batting reps or the reps in the batting cage to, you know, be a reporter, to be an anchor, to, you know, do play by play in sports, to, you know, do a music show and, and learn how to hit the posts. Um, mm-hmm. How, and, you know, for ideally my wish as a manager from a programming level is okay. You know, learning how to manage people, learning how to, you know, what makes a radio station sound good, trying those things out, trying out new concepts, um, and then, you know, from a listener perspective, I mean, in a way, the listeners kind of suffer, suffer in the process because <laughs> we're all learning, but you know, there, there is, the goal is to create value. You're, you're trying to create value for, um, for ideally the audience, but at the end of the day, it's really for your demo reel. Um, but, yeah, yeah. you know, but you're creating a product with a purpose. It's not like you're doing a newscast and you're just pretending to be, uh, NBC or ABC or CBS news, like you're, you're creating a local product. So, right. you know, from, from an audience perspective, yeah, ideally you're creating, um, a resource for them to use as well. Did you ever venture into any of the music programming or, or any of the sports programming? Uh, yes. Uh, so early in my time, um, I had a desire to do sports, uh, even like in my youth, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, I, I like the idea of like doing baseball play by play. Uh, it just never, like I did a little bit of it or a little, I mean, barely any of it, uh, at RHU. I just didn't like the organizational structure of the sports department. And I think I mentioned last time that, um, I basically fell into news mostly because there was less competition <laughs> you know, and it was more merit based than, than the sports department was. Um, and I did do some music, um, trying to think, uh, I don't think I really had any regular, if I did any show, it was usually like alt nation, maybe Uh rock and roll oasis. Um, but actually my final show on the station, which I still have the audio of, um, it was, it's supposed to be newsline. It was supposed to be my last show, but someone called out for the country show overnight. And I'm like, you know what? This might be fun. Let, let's do, you know, 10, 11 o'clock show, my final day at the station. And um, I know nothing about country music, which made it even better. Um, 
and just had fun with it. We actually did, I think we had like finals and um, going on. So there were a bunch of people in the building. And so I actually you know, had some people sitting in, kind of hang out with me. And then we pulled in people from, so they were like in one of the other studios, brought them over. We actually did, we actually did the dating game <laughs> during whatever the country show was called. Um, I have no idea about most of the music. I'm just, I'm like, I'm just playing song, you know, artists I'm at least familiar with, or I've heard this song, or it's as close to pop as you can get with kind of, like just right. trying to blur the lines a little bit. I'm like, you know, I'm just going to go have fun. We're going to have fun uh, tonight. And um did the dating game for that. So uh, short answer is no, but long answer is yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just a little bit, just to, just to try something out. Oh, it's funny. Yeah. Um, is there a story that you always tell when you talk about your time at Hofstra radio? Yes. My, this is going back to my news director days. <laughs> um, so this was when, I'm not sure if this is the, the first Anthony Weiner controversy or the second or the third i don't know i think it was probably the first one and um so i decided to have our two brooklynites that were in the station going to chase wiener and they spent the whole day running around queens and i think a little bit of brooklyn because for whatever reason like anthony wiener had was going to have a news conference but it kept moving locations and so they were like running all, all over the city. And every time, I think it was like sometime in August that happened. So every time like it pops up in like my Facebook memories or um, whatever, whenever it comes up in conversation, I always say I had Matt Ryan, Alex Soberman chasing Wiener an entire day in Brooklyn and Queens. And it was, it was also the point where um, our producer, um, <laughs> I'm not going to name names, but she was like, I demand wiener. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, basically it was the great wiener chase uh, throughout Queens and Brooklyn. Uh, Of course, the on-air piece was completely professional and our coverage of it was fantastic. But behind the scenes, it was a blast. Um, Even the stories after, like apparently, um, you know, they they felt like they were pushing over old Jewish women and (laughs) trying to get the story and all. I think they even got like a ride from... Uh, Photog from I think Channel Four. Uh, we were able to help them out a little bit. I'm like, this is the great wiener chase. <laughs> One of my favorite memories. Wow. So, so it was a legit news story. It's just oh, yeah. in the in the telling of it, it's it's hilarious. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's, that's um, great. And, and then to me, like you know, with radio news, it's like that's 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 you know, you have to have some fun behind the scenes to you know, you know, get really stuff do. done. Yep. Yep. Well, you have to process it. And and some, sometimes it comes out as dark humor and sometimes it comes out as, well, we're going to tell the silly side of it to our friends and we're going to do the professional, uh, you yep. know, and on, on the air. Cause, cause you have to, there's, there's, there's too much to process and, and it gets kind of dark sometimes. Yeah. Although it's funny. I, um, when I saw my career, I ended up at WTOP in DC and, um, one of, and I've always kind of followed the same mentality, but our consultant who used to be the program director there, um, he had this great story of um, like the, kind of the right and wrong way of doing reporting. And he had said that he had sent a reporter out to cover um, like a new ride at Six Flags. 
in the D.C. area. And this reporter came back to the newsroom and was basically saying, wow, it did this. It went like I felt this and it was amazing. But his on air piece was just about the, the stats and numbers and figures. And the, the consultant, the guy running the station at the time, he was like, but what you told everyone in the newsroom is what is what makes the better story. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like while it may be more professional to be like, well, it's a it climbs uh, 200 feet and goes, you know, 95 miles per hour. You know, sometimes it's actually those behind the scenes stories that really should be on the air um, that really help a tell the story, but also, especially in radio, it takes, and actually it probably applies to every platform. It takes the audience along with you for the ride. It, and that's part of that endearing personal experience that in a way news has kind of lost over the years. And so for like now, now that you bring it up and we're talking about, you know, the wiener thing, it's like, you know, there's really nothing wrong with, you know, if we had done the story about the fact that, and they may have included a little bit of it in there, but, you know, the fact that they were chasing Anthony Wiener across the city and because that, that is, you know, could be considered news as well, just the fact that he kept moving locations right. um, and detailing that experience like that, that is that that can be news, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think uh, I, I just had a conversation with Andrew Schmertz and talking about his news career. And I think he said he had an interview at 1010 Wins. And whoever mm-hmm. he interviewed with said, do you know what we do all day? We tell stories. Yeah. We tell stories all day. And I think that gets to the heart of what you're saying is that, yes, there is the news factor. And what does Anthony Weiner have to say? Or what does this guy have to say? Or what's the result of this thing? But really, sometimes it's the process and it's yep. it's how the things come together and, and what the journalist goes through. I think that's an important part. Yeah. And yeah, and I will say, because I've talked to the Wins guys, too, and uh, we're on the same wavelength. <laughs> you know, we are on the same wavelength when it comes to like how news is done and just, yeah, the whole idea of, you know, the the story of the story. Like to me, like I love dumb, dumb crime stories, stupid stories, mm-hmm. because like it's a story. It's it's some idiot out there doing something stupid and you can have fun with that. Yeah. 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 That, that is that is the heart of a lot of stories. And, and I think. Sometimes we, we pull away from, from that part because we want to do the serious news, but there's also something kind of comically hilarious about the circumstances or, or the actions. So, yeah, I mean, the way, yeah, the way I look at it is it's the human element. Like it's, yeah. it's, you know, when we get to, and I, again, this is stuff I see in my current job, worked a little bit on it with my old job where, you know, our goal is to be human. And that's that, like, we could be as sanitary, as professional as we need to be. But at the end of the day, we're people. We are people who have experiences. We are people who see things and other people out there see things too. And, and it's all about sharing those stories with each other. Um, and, you know, that's that to me, a lot of that, you know, that's in a way where college radio can, you know, really benefit is just sharing, not, not sharing those experiences, but understanding the concept of, the, the storytelling beyond the black and white, mm-hmm. you know, what, how to tell an interesting story, even from a music perspective, where it's like, um, you know, it's finding ways to, to interweave, you know, just things that are interesting. You know, my goal is always interesting. Try to be interesting. 
and, the, and that'll be the things that the listener remembers. Those yep. are the things that stick out in the mind and make you come back to that station or that channel that, that, Oh, is that weird thing that happened that time? And yeah, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, and then when you regularly creates the, that addiction, <laughs> Well, since we're on this this sort of angle, is there is there another funny story or an event or something that always makes you laugh about your time at Hofstra Radio? Um, I mean, like I enjoy those five minute uh, bits most, and it wasn't like because I did anything. It was for like my perspective on it is like you know in terms of okay, I did something that worked. Um, I appreciate that, but you know, like just some of those bits, um, you know, that Matt. Matt was also the one who did the Brooklyn thing, but you know, he would just create these characters and fill five minutes talking about, you know, some, some guy crocheting NFL helmets and <laughs> the NFL strike was going on back then. Um, you know, we would do other things. I mean, yeah, I, I, the, and, and that dating game thing, um, people I'm still connected with, I don't think they realize that that, that dating game experience was the inspiration for a show that I've been doing the past few years. Oh, no um, Yeah, so it, 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 it lives beyond just what happened that night. Um, I know one time we went out trying to, I think this is back when Jersey Shore was a big thing. Now I feel like I'm like dating myself. Um, but I think like Polly D or the situation or something was appearing at some bar, I think in Farmingdale. So like we all got dressed up and you know, went out there to try to interview him. I don't think we did. I don't think we got him. We did go out trying to get him, but it didn't happen. Um, covered some stuff at Belmont. We would do a show from the racetrack there. Um, and then, the, you know, there would be some pranks behind the scenes that we would do, which would be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, try to keep a loose environment. And there may have been some prank calls to some of the music shows. Um, I'm not going to name names and, uh, yeah. And then, you know, some, some podcasts, cause this is kind of when podcasts were taking off. So there were some definitely not safe for work podcasts that, um, definitely speak of not professional. These were definitely in that category. Um, which I might, I might have them somewhere in safekeeping, basically keep them right. out of other people's hands. Right. Uh, Protect the guilty. Yeah. Yeah. Cause <laughs> Which I hate, I hate being in this position, but there's a lot of, I have a lot of dirt. And I'm like, I, it, not because I want to, it's just, I know that it's stored away in some hard drive that no one's going to have any access to so that everyone's safe. Like I, this is for everyone's safety that it is locked away, not on any server or any, it just, I don't even know where the hard drive is. It's in safekeeping. Don't worry about it. Like it's. For anyone listening, whatever secrets are out there, they're safe. This is in in screenwriting. This would be like Chekhov's podcast. You've mentioned it. It's going to come back at some point, and uh, bad things will happen. Let's let's hope not. Yeah. Let's hope it stays no. safe and quiet. Um, yeah. What do you What do you miss most about working at the station? I mean, probably the biggest thing is just you know just camaraderie, camaraderie, just hanging yeah. out with people. Um, and again, it was it, like. Not that it was bad, but like it was a challenge because of you know, classes. People have classes where they're working or whatever. So it's not like, you know, you got to spend the whole day hanging out with, with people. Um, it was people would come in and come and go, um, which, again, it's like one of those weird things compared to work now. It's like, hey, f- you know, I like most of my coworkers. So 
I could hang out with him for eight hours a day. Whereas in college, <laughs> it was, you know, maybe, you know, a couple hours here, a couple hours there. Um, so yeah, that, you know, they, they would, there would be some parties, um, mostly hosted by the sports department because they basically were a frat. Right. Um, so, um, yeah, so, you know, that the social element was probably the biggest thing, you know, that I would, I probably missed. Um, yeah, I think that's that's probably the safest answer. Okay, that 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 sounded uh, that sounds sincere and reasonable. I think most people <laughs> uh, uh, think that way. Um, if you could go back and do a show at the station, if you if you got called in, if you were in the neighborhood, or you had a chance to to go back, would you do it? And if so, what kind of show would you do? Yeah, uh, short answer is yes. Um, and if I did. It would one of my one of my terms of agreement would be I don't want any complaints. I am doing it my way, um, and I, I, and to me, I'm like I, I have no enough experience to like <laughs> I, I should be able to get away with it. Um, I mean, it, it'd probably be something you know, morning show. Um, I don't think it'd be too radical. It's, I'm not going to be like, oh, let's get strippers in the in the college radio studio. It, it'd just be just. It'd be morning, the morning wake up call, but right. just me doing it. Um, and I'm not going to sit here and, and, you know, be like, we need to talk about the, no, we're just going to talk and I'm, I'm going to plan things out that way. Um, which, and now I'm having a little bit of a flashback. Um, so I've realized part of that interview for the program director position, one of the phrases that Bruce said to me about me was that I was a lone wolf, which I'm like, am I, um, so this may be feeding into that reputation a little bit. Wow. Um, yeah. Was was it prompted or was that because I you know I'm trying to put put pieces together from what you told me about the uh, the interview process and then if they had already yeah. interviewed this other person that set those wheels in motion and then that came out and part of it maybe huh interesting yeah and 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 you know, I I my understanding is that it was probably because. You know, like I put a clock in the studio, which apparently was like the greatest sin on earth. It's like, you guys want to buy a clock? <laughs> like, you guys didn't buy a clock. We need a clock in there. I put a clock in there so that we could see the time uh, because I think the clock was actually behind us. Uh, so we couldn't actually see the clock. Um, and so I get blamed for if someone's setting an alarm on. I'm like, what do you want me to do? Um, you know, I'm, I'm the, you know, I'm a get shit done guy. So don't sit here and call me a lone wolf because I get shit done. Um, so, yeah. So doing a show at Hofstra, I'm going to do it my way because if you're going to call me a lone wolf, I'm going to do it my way. A little, little bit of pirate radio attitude there. That's right. That's right. And I, funny you say that because at my last station, that's how we operated with awards because we had a small team. And we went to the awards one year and these big teams were all celebrating. Oh, we won again. And I'm like, our goal, we're not trying to win awards. We just want to steal awards from other stations that really care about them. So <laughs> just to make them unhappy. So that pirate the mentality continues. I, I, I like I like the way you're thinking. I, I enjoy that uh, a great deal. I'm sure we can have a conversation about that uh, off the mic about. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we'd have plenty to, 
to chat there. Um, if you could time travel, if you could uh, mm-hmm. jump in the in the capsule and and go back and talk to yourself at eighteen years old, is there a piece of advice you would give yourself? I'm not sure, uh, and I think about this sometimes, um, even with other aspects of life, and. It's weird because it's like, I don't know if I've learned anything. <laughs> like, like it's one of those weird, like, yeah, I've, I've done a lot of things, you know, like probably the easiest thing is like, yeah, Shreveport move was a great move. Um, but well, yeah, the Shreveport thing was a great move. The ABC stuff, like, I mean, and just to explain the whole ABC side of things, um, you know, ABC, having that on my resume helped me get the Shreveport job. But even after that, I, I still freelance for ABC. My last station was an ABC affiliate. And because of the connections I had working there, you know, I had a great relationship as an affiliate with the network. And that, you know, it just can, the, building those relationships, um, just for me personally, you know, like filing a ton, but, you know, for the station and doing all of that. So, um yeah, like I'm not sure there's a ton of advice. It's it just more of, you know, these were these were good moves. Um, I think I'd be shocked to know that I'm back at an NPR station uh, based on my last experience. And even just, you know, from, from my time at Hofstra, uh, where it's like, I'm not an NPR guy, and here I am <laughs> working in an NPR station. Well, I, I think like we were saying before, it's it's uh, you know it's the being open to to new things and 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 trying out and getting the reps and 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 seeing where the path takes you. I mean, clearly, there I don't know if there ever was in your mind a, a clear path from undergraduate to professional, whatever that path may have been. Yours went in many different directions, and and yet you got there. And I think yeah. that's that's a big thing that any 18 year old should hear whatever you think the plan is. It's probably not going to go that way. Yeah, no. Cause like my, it was not really a plan, but kind of like the mental roadmap, mm. like how I th- thought things would go. Um, I figured what would have happened was I probably would have been back up in new England. I probably would have been uh, not, not that you know, I wanted to go down this path, but just kind of, setting expectations for my life. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not going to sit here and try to pretend that we're going to be, you know, president of the United States one day. Um, but, you know, the way I figured things would go is that I would go be a, probably a TV reporter in New Hampshire, work weekends in Boston and radio um, and just do that. And uh, my life has been very much different than that. Mm-hmm. Um Never. Well, actually, the other ironic thing is my career thus far has been in radio, but yeah, I work for an NPR station, but we also have a TV station. So I'm like, it's kind of coming full circle. This is weird. Um, but yeah, it, it, yeah, things don't go as planned, but you, I've always had the mentality of, you know, of, of it, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. Hmm. Um, so like, to me, like, it's not necessarily advice for me, but you know, for, for people out there, like I have plenty of people that I know, especially that went to RHU that won't take the risk in going somewhere else, which I think is a major, major, especially if you're planning to be in media is a major disservice to your career. Um, that's, that's another piece of advice is 
basically you get to, you know, people are willing to pay you to move to other parts of the country, take advantage of the opportunity. You get reps in the batting cage when you're 22, 23, make your mistake. Yeah. College, you can make your mistakes there, but even in a smaller market, you can get away with some mistakes, continue to grow. So you become an actual better broadcaster. You maybe by the time you get to your thirties, you can get to, you know, the Dallas's, the Chicago's, the San Francisco's of the world and really have yourself a good career, but you don't do that unless you get out of New York. Hmm. Well, this is, this has been quite an adventure. Um, I, I appreciate all the stories and your candor and your honesty about, uh, you know, what you got out of your time at Hofstra radio and, and what it's meant to you since this is, this has been an absolute blast. And, uh, and I, I thank you so much for your time. Thank you.